You are listening to the Spurs-related podcast. Listen for free on Anchor and Spotify. Hello, guys, and welcome to another Spurs-related podcast. And as always, we are joined by my co-host, Joseph McBride. And as you can see, guys, we've got him back on again. Number one Irish Tottenham fan, Ireland's number one answer to the managerial merry-go-round crisis. It is your boy, Dave Harris, Irish Hotspur. Welcome on in, Dave. As always, pleasure to have you, mate. No, thank you so much for having me. But look, I've added a new tagline, lads. We were watching last night. You should, you should, have, should have clapped on to this. It's the Irish sensation from a secret location, lad. It's all good, doesn't it? <laughs> all right, we're going Thanks with that for one. Having back on, though, lads. I really do appreciate it. I love, I love coming on here. It's always a riot when I come on here. No worries. Yeah, it was a barrel of last, last time. And um, no, we'll we remember that catchphrase again. The Irish sensation from a, a secret location. Secret location. Unbelievable. Well. Unbelievable. So um, anyway, Dave, how are you doing, mate? And, um, you know, how's, I say how's life. Obviously, we know what's going on with Tottenham, but, you know, how are you doing in general? Yeah, no, look, I'm all good. Look, to be honest with you, I thought I'd be sitting back over in Lanzarote on a beach. You know what I mean? With a, with a nice big big pina colada lying back on a deck chair, you know, catching the rays, showing uh, the, the sun rays coming back and getting it, um, looking a bit tanned. You know what I mean? But um, look, the news just keeps coming out every single day, ruining Tottenham, Tottenham's reputation, ruining my life. So yeah, no, here we are. Here we are again. You know, mm. streaming, like I said, it should be on holidays, but I'm not. <laughs> so stressed as all of us, uh, you're still stressing over the manager, of course, and um Without further ado, let's just let's just crack on and talk about obviously within the last few weeks, um, Conte fell through, Poch fell through, um, you know, Fonseca fell through, Tender Hag was in talks. Have I missed anything else? You know, what, what's going on, Dave? What what what? Where's where do we go now? Um, look for me, I've always said this, and I'm going to maintain this. Daniel Levy raised my expectations to get in top four every season. That's where they're going to stay. So I want the very best man in the job. I don't want to hear any more excuses about money. He brought out a video there last week, you know, on all the reasons why we can't do, you know, get the best manager in, get in some of the best players, even though we're in the situation and the crisis we're in right now. It's a joke. Honestly, I've never seen any chairman come out to that extreme length to the way he did with that video Mm. to put everything on the table why we can't sign players. And it's always why we can't, why we can't, why we can't. Let's turn this negativity and let's start being proactive around this football club. You know, at the end of the day, all the big teams now that are successful, they throw the money at the managers to get the right manager in and then they throw the money at the players to get the right players in. And it's about time Tottenham started acting like that. Oh, OK, you know, we, we, we were after going through a pandemic, but so did all the other Premier League clubs. I don't hear any of them coming out crying and moaning about it because they know they're going to make it back over the course of this season. You know what I mean? Daniel Levy, um, I don't know what's going on there. It's a joke. But with the manager situation, look, the problem is, is that it's money. Conte walked away because of money and uh, four staff instead of seven. Now, look, you can look on the flip side and say, OK, maybe if it doesn't work out with Conte because the character is, if things don't go his way, he'll walk out. But then that just goes to show that Daniel Levy is like, you know, probably if he does come in, won't be willing to get what he, um, give him what he wants because he's already preempting that he might leave the club and he doesn't want to pay off seven staff instead of four. So, you know, that's concerning. With Pochettino, Look, to be honest with you, I was all for it, for him coming back, getting back. Because at the end of the day, with Pochettino, we could have built a legacy. We could have built a legacy like Alex mm. Ferguson done with United. As much as I hate to say this, that rat wanger doing it with them um, stinky <laughs> gooners. Um, you know what I mean? Um, we could have had a legacy like that. But we decided to sack him. Um, Daniel Levy thought he's a football expert, looked at things, sacked him. He says, oh, well, we're scoring goals, but defence is the problem. Let's bring in the best defensive manager in the world, Jose. Um, you know, so let's bring him in. He'll be able to shore it up. And it worked. It was working. We were top of the league. We were up challenging for the league up until October and November. But that, like the thing is, in that summer, you wanted screening hour, we got in Joe Roden. You can't compare the two. As much as Joe Roden has come on leaps and bounds this season, you cannot compare the two. And this is the problem at Tottenham. Like we're getting, we, we have world-class managers in the door and we failed to back them. And for me, we have to go and get a world-class manager. Where do I think we're realistically going? Look, I think we're either going for someone 
um, you know, that has floated around a couple of big jobs and hasn't worked out, is looking for one last big job to try and mm. prove themselves. Or we're going to have to do, which I don't think Tottenham should ever have to do, is gamble on someone like um, Harry Potter um, <laughs> uh, from, from Brighton there. Expelliarmus calls, you know, we want him in because of his XGs. Five strikers, none of them can score. You know, all that sort of jazz. When is the club like Tottenham Hotspur, you know, have fans arguing over Scotty Starstruck at Fulham and Harry Potter and have fans trying to convince each other who's the best, even Fonseca. You know, mm. everyone had to Google them. But let's be honest about this. Everybody, as soon as the name is mentioned, they got the phone out, typed them in in Google, read up on them. Mm. We're talking fucking Hotspur. We're supposed to be an elite European club. That's why we built the stadium and the training complex. Yeah. We're Googling managers. Then quotes by Danny Rose, you know, a couple of years back, saying yeah. we started having to Google some of the players are coming true. What is going on? We are sleepwalking here. And being honest, it's Daniel Levy. He needs to change his ways at all or get the fuck out of this club. I'm fed up with it. He needs to realise we are a football club. Honestly, if he wants to put money into bricks and mortar and build hotel and Levy land beside the stadium with a nice Ferris wheel and, and you know, he's um, he's a roller coaster and whatever else he wants to put there. Rock, oh, rock climbing, indoor and outdoor, may I add, and a plunge pool. Um, you know, I couldn't care if he wants to do that as long as I'm watching a good football team week in, week out with a good manager and, and we're going in the right direction. Like, the thing is, another thing that pisses me off about this manager hunt is planning applications are not easy to do. There's a lot of tedious work goes into them. Now, he managed to get that approved first time round. Well, why the fuck can't he get a manager in the first time round? You know, he's putting more, like, it just goes to show, he's putting more time into planning applications than he is on the football side of things. It's an absolute disgrace what's going on. It's mm. a disgrace, and I'm fed up with it. Like, the thing is, Tottenham are the eight richest club in the world, but most of the money is tied up in bricks and mortar and property, and that's the problem. Mm. Spot on, yeah. I mean, how, how I respond to all this, I, I'm not too sure, but I, I'll pick up on a couple of things you said there, Dave. And um, obviously, like you said about the Danny Rose comparison with Googling players, and, and this takes it to another level, really, Googling the manager of the club, not only the players that may be, you know, a potential future star like Bergwijn or whoever, maybe people hadn't heard of him, but we're Googling the manager of the football club. That, that's got to be a massive concern, you know? It's a huge concern. Look, you know, I thought I couldn't get any worse from Harry Potter and Scotty Starstruck, but it did. I, I never never actually thought I'd have to physically pull out my phone and Google a guy. Mm. You know, I make my decision off what Google tells me. Never thought I'd ever come to that, honestly. Surely, you know, like, sacking Mourinho, who everyone knows, yes, it didn't go to plan at the end for the last six, seven months, but why are we sacking someone that's very well-known and is clearly an established manager and not and Levy's not taken the hint that the players aren't good enough for this football club. But no, we'll sack Jose, and then what we'll do is we'll not invest again and get an even worse manager. Like it does, it is a complete joke, isn't it? You know. No, honestly, it, it, it is a joke. And the comparisons was um, look. The thing is, at the time with Jose Mourinho, I was a big advocate. We need to keep him and back him. I saw this coming. I saw this coming. In fact, I said a number of times on my streams, months before uh, he got sacked, when people were calling for it. And let's be fair, a lot of Spurs fans had an agenda against the guy just because they didn't like the man. So, like, you know, it was in that aspect, it was never going to work out. They never gave him mm. a chance. But the thing is, he's, he's come out since and he's also said, you know, I was promised things. I didn't get them, a.k.a. money and players. Mm. You know, no, that's that's not on him. If the the thing is with Jose Marina, I said it, and I never ever wanted this statement to come true, but it's it's realistically a possibility. I said at the time, if we sack Jose Mourinho, we're going to go into limbo. And I said, managers looking from the outside in are going to look and say, well, Pochettino and Jose Mourinho, two of the world's greatest managers, can both not be bad managers. So therefore, mm -hmm. the common denominator is Daniel Levy and the restrictions he puts on the managers to work. And what manager is going to want to come in and stake, stake his reputation? And everyone told me, oh, Nagel's man, because he's new, he's got this fancy name, he wears skinny jeans, he's modern, you know what I mean? He's woke, all this sort of crap, right? Um, you know, so let's bring him in. And I told them, this is a guy on the rise. He's not coming to Tottenham. His next step is Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Barcelona, right? Mm -hmm. He's not coming to Tottenham. He's not going to come to Tottenham and stake his reputation. No, no, he will, he will, he will. Look what happened, mm. right? I think um, he's Bayern's next man. Bayern's manager next season, am I correct? 
Yeah, yeah, next time you yeah. manager, yeah. So, you know, and, and this is the problem. I, I could see it coming from a mile away, and then I knew we were going to go, you know, on this on the, on this merry-go-round, but I didn't think it lasts like 63, 64 days it is now. Mm. I didn't think it lasts that long. And this is the pro- another problem. You do not sack Jose Mourinho if you have no plan. It's that simple. You keep him till the end of the season, you part ways, you don't damage your reputation as a football club, you, you pay him a bit extra, you do it amicably. Right? Tottenham didn't do that. We sacked him six days before a cup final. Now, we brought him in, Daniel Levy brought him in, you know, he was running around on a documentary after him, starry-eyed, playing kissy catch with him, in awe of the guy, right? You know what I mean? And then, you know, he's, he's brought in here to, um, to bring trophies. This is the next level we're going to, guys. And then he gets us to a League Cup final and he sacks him. And he thinks bringing in Ryan Mason and, you know, mixing the team up, uh, bringing in back the likes of Harry Stinks from the wilderness, you know, players like that, and playing them in a cup final against Man City and thinking that an inexperienced who has only had, I think it was the under-18s or the under-21s, um, you know, bring him in six days before a cup final against a team of, uh, uh, against a team of the magnitude of City when we already bet them 2-0 that um, previous under the, the manager that you sacked. Doesn't make sense. Mm. But, like, you know, then you're thinking, okay, we'll stick with Mason to the end of the season. Come that, within the first week or two, let's get a manager in. We can save this. Let's get a manager in. Let's start getting in in the market early. Let's be proactive. We already know there's going to be excuses made about transfers, like this homegrown situation, even though, may I add, we actually loan players out to create this situation. If we didn't loan out the homegrown players, we wouldn't be in this situation. You can sell foreign and replace with foreign. There's always around it. Um, so it's an issue, again, that's created. We see that season upon season. But you're thinking, OK, we get active in the market early. Let's go and get some of these players for the best price. And here we are. But the thing is, Daniel Levy's winning. He's not paying a manager, so there's no wage expense there. And he's not active in the market, and he won't be until we get a manager. So the longer this runs on, it's a win-win for him because he's not spending on transfers and not paying for a manager. Honestly, he, we couldn't write this. This is his porn. He's loving it. Hundred <laughs> percent, and then the more time that goes on, the more time he gets to invest in his brick and mortar, like you said, and and investing, you know, getting sorry. the NHL on, getting the NHL into the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, because that went that that got agreed quite quickly, didn't it? You know, the NHL coming back to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for two or three games, and a cons and a, a Anthony Joshua fight coming up, and and another gig. That's more money that's not to do with football coming into the club. Where's that going? Yeah, it's going into Levy Land. We're getting hotel houses, you know, the whole shebang. Don't worry, you can stay. You can stay the night before in the hotel and then just rock climb over the stadium down into your seat. Perfect. What more do you want? You know, and if you have a Mrs. Spring Harper on the Ferris wheel, you know, roller coaster, have a whale of a time. Bring her down to the plunge pool, whatever. You know, you can have a whale of a time. Levy, Levy's weekend. That's what we'll call it. Um, but the thing is, another thing to touch on is Arsenal. Now, another thing I referenced was. We need to be careful because we're going down the route Arsenal went down. They went into this new stadium. Um, you know, they, they were blaming Wenger. Even though the money wasn't being spent, they were blaming Wenger, got Wenger out, right? And I even I tried telling them. Even I tried to be nice to them for once. I was like, guys, stop it. You know, this is going to ruin your football club. No, no, he's outdated. He's a dinosaur. We've done that. We've done that, right? So they got rid of him. Then they brought in Unai Emery. Another experienced manager, he's won, he's won cups, he's, he's won Europe leagues with Sevilla. All of a sudden, he wasn't good enough. Turned the nose up at him, and then they were left in limbo. And we've, they've done what we've done with Tottenham. Now, without Arsenal, from the outside looking in, manager's going to look, well, Unai Emery's been successful where he's gone. Arsene Wenger, look what he's done for Arsenal. They're both not bad managers. Hmm, I don't think I'm going to go there. And then they went with Freddie Youngberg, and now they have Pep's Combich, um, Mikel Arteta. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, and this is the route we're going down. And the reason why they got Pep's Combich is purely because they couldn't get anybody else. Mm. You know, they couldn't get, no one would touch them with a barge pole. And then before they realised it was too late, or they realised that when it was too late, oh, it's the players, the players are shit. Well, no shit, we could have told you that. Anyone looking at it from the outside could have told you that. Mm. Now, like, and they're, they're five, six, seven years into that decline. We're two. You can maybe say two and a half, right? We barely finished above Arsenal the last game of the season. And now we're in limbo with a manager and we're going to get someone that's totally underwhelming, like Harry Potter or someone like that. And, you know, where we'll all be playing Quidditch, we'll all be dressing up, getting our broomstick, you know, flying around, trying to catch the, 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 the Quidditch, 
You know what I mean? It, honestly, would be at um, it would be Hogwarts Hotspur. You know what I mean? You couldn't write another money maker than you leave. You'd be absolutely loving it. Hogwarts Hotspur. Honestly, you'd see people turn up with the scar and the glasses. You know the scarves. You know the Harry Potter scarves thing. Come on, you Spurs! You know it'd be ridiculous. It descended to chaos. Unbelievable. Literally spot on. And um, like you said about the Arsenal decline, I'm actually going to go over to Joe now because obviously you've been very quiet, but we'll see what Joe's thinking. But I, I think you're spot on about the uh, sort of same Arsenal decline we're going to see moving into a new stadium and then managerial mess and player mess and ownership blame, et cetera, et cetera. Very, very similar. So we'll go over to Joe now. Joe, do you think it's very similar to the Arsenal situation with what's going on at Tottenham at the moment? And um, how do we combat this if we can? Because at the end of the day, it's out of our hands. It's literally the same. Like you had the perfect case study from the same part of London to look at, and you've just followed them, literally shadowed them into it. So it's just completely ridiculous. And also, like it's just so damaging because you know, as Dave was saying about failure to get managers in, no one's going to want to go there. And even even for the players, why would you want to join the team that's that bad at dealing with everything? It's just an absolute mess. And you know, if Kane stays, it's going to be against his will. He's not going to be happy. Like your club is in an absolute mess. You need to sort it out like ASAP. You should have given Conte what he wanted. I know that you know, laying off seven staff or whatever could have been bad, but you can't live like that. That's fear of failure. If you get in all of that staff, it's going to rejuvenate the whole squad, the club. You need that kind of package to to have success, right? So give it to him. You know, Fonseca, we had to Google it, but, you know, maybe it would have been all right from the YouTube videos you had to see. He looked okay, but that's about it. I'm happy you didn't go for the, for Gattuso because, you know, I, I'm a lover of Italian football, but as a man... Uh, you know, for everything the Premier League strives for in terms of, you know, no racism and equality and a fair game, no hate, he's probably the worst person to get in for that because he's been, you know, caught being controversial about all of those things. So I'm happy that the fans spoke up and uh, and rubbished his name. But, you know, now you're left with Harry Potter or Ten Hag or whatever. I don't know who's going to come in. I look yeah. at the, the list of people that are linked with you guys now and half of them, I'm just like, really? Like, why are they even in the conversation? It's You've just gone backwards and... and you know, Levy may be happy in terms of money and stuff and he's doing all these shortcuts to try and create more and cream, cream off the top. But everything he's doing and everything he's not doing more, I should say, is just damaging the reputation, damaging the club going forward. And it's it's going to take a long time to get out of that. It's not as a quick fix. You know, you've got a whole squad to revamp. You've got a situation to sort out. It's a, it's a big rebuild and you've just dug a hole now. So you're in trouble. 100%. I uh, completely agree. I'm going to pick up on one point you've said there, Joe. Um, but you're spot on about the whole thing about, you know, you know, not going for the whole money with Conte, not giving him that three or four million, I think it was, that he needed and the extra couple of staff allowances. Now, for me, and I'm sure Dave's going to agree, I'm going to ping it back over to him in a minute, but a massive risk if we're talking like fear of failure and, and, and Levy not letting himself out of his shell and, oh, no, we can't, we can't get rid of four staff members. Surely sacking Jose Mourinho six days before a cup final is a bloody big risk, right? And it didn't play off. He's clearly done it to save money because in his clause, if he won a trophy, then his payout would have been a much more because the plan was to sack Mourinho after the cup final, win or lose. So if we won that game, Levy, um, Mourinho's payout was a good few million more, right? So it, again, all down to money again. So if we're not talking about making risks with this club and actually taking it seriously, then why aren't we giving Conte that extra three or four million? Why aren't we giving him those extra few staff members? Dave, do you want to pick up on, on that? Honestly, with, with, with the haggling over Conte, it, it kind of just showed us what we were. Like anyone, anyone in the football business is sitting back looking at it and like, right, you're in the conference league, you have a shit squad, hmm. right? You know, the fans want you out, and you're arguing over three million, which every match day, which there will be, you will be getting revenue next season in full stadiums. Hmm. Every match day, you know, they take in over one million pounds in the stadium alone. You know, They've taken they one million in pints, Dave. They're taking one yeah. million pound in, in, in beers most most match days. Right. So three home games, three home games that covers that, and three fucking staff. Honestly, I felt like ringing George Rinder and getting him in and saying, "Look, you know, can you sort this out? Can you just get the two of them to the table and just iron it out and get it sorted? Ruling Conte's favor, please. I beg you. You know, honestly, it's it's just a joke. But lads, we also have to remember, you know, we don't what. Um, the manager as well. So if they're looking at Tottenham, they're looking at it in terms of, oh, I'm going to have to come in here and rebuild this, right? So there's not going to be a large amount of money there to do it. You, you don't know what your star striker, Harry Kane's future is, even though he's the player you, you should be building around on the rebuild. You don't know what Son's future is because we keep hearing these sound bites coming out in the press. 
you know, about all oh, the contract was not signed. You don't know, Hugo Lloris has one year left on his contract. You don't know what Toby's mind is at. You know what I mean? So this is the problem. The players that, the core players that I would say that's given it all to the team, you know what I mean, all, all, over the last few seasons, and the players that you kind of want to keep in the dressing room, get rid of the other players and get players in in mm. and get them to feed the Spurs mentality into them. You don't know what their futures are no. beyond, beyond this summer. You don't know what the futures are. So it's a massive, massive problem. It's a huge problem and it's just a joke. And I couldn't believe it. When they got Conte to the table, you're sitting there thinking, Conference League team, massive rebuild. You just pay Conte the money and you get him in. Yeah. You know, and Daniel would have said, instead of having to come out and do these stupid little PR things that he's done recently, he could have just got in Conte. He would have had to see, all he would have had to do is just stay up in the office and sit there and be quiet. Fans would have um, forgiven him in a way. You know what I mean? They would have forgiven him. We said, oh, got Conte and we're showing ambition. Let's sit back. All that with the Enoch out thing. And let's see what mm-hmm. happens this summer. Mm-hmm. But you know, he just pissed all over the support. Honestly, yeah. it's a joke. It's it, it's a joke, Barra. And and this is the problem now. Now that it's gone so far, now that it's gone so far, what manager actually wants to come in when you've when you've tried to get Pochettino, um, you you've tried to get Conte, you've tried to get Ten Hag of Ajax, and he would rather stay there than come to Tottenham. So it speaks volumes. Fonseca, you know what I mean? You're arguing over tax. Which country is it going to be paid in? England or Italy? It's ridiculous. You know, they're just going to look and say, yeah, that's not worth the hassle. I'm just going to stay where I am for another season mm. and uh, see if I can get another club that's interested in me. We're an absolute farce right now and we need to get it sorted because we're in danger of slipping. 100%. I'm going to pick up on one thing you said about the players sort of not being set in stone. The sort of the players like, you know, Kane, Son. Okay, Kane looks like he might probably go this summer or or whenever it may be. But I'm going to pick up on one you said about, you know, sort of Son. You know, this contract saga has been going on, I, I believe, pretty much all last season. Is he going to yeah. sign a new contract? Is he going to have a contract extension? Now, I'm not the most mastermind when it comes to like contracts, legal stuff, but does that not tell you an awful lot about this club's future? If Son's contract has still not been sorted, whether it's him to go or whether it's to him to stay for another two seasons or whatever it may be, Son's clearly stalling on this. Son's team, Son's agent. So what that that says enough for me about this where this club is going. If Son is is Son loves the club. He he loves Tottenham. We all know he loves Tottenham. He loves playing for it. He's got a smile on his face all the time he plays for Tottenham, even though we're absolutely shy. But why on earth has that contract not been sorted yet? It's I tell you what, it's unbelievable because first of all, we know Daniel Levy loves money, so it makes sense. The revenue this guy brings to Tottenham on match days and from the Asian market and the Korean market alone is mm. incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. He probably brings the most short sales at Tottenham along with Harry Kane, this, that and the other. So I'm surprised he hasn't got this over the line because from revenue and financial uh, income to Tottenham, it makes sense to do it. It makes sense to do that. Um, but it just in terms of the player alone, it makes sense to do it. Look what he's done for Tottenham. You know, mm. look at the moments he's had in the Tottenham jersey. He's an unbelievable player. He loves the club. He gives his he's all. He's constantly playing with a smile on his face. He was in bits after like the, the, the cup final uh, against City. You know what I mean? He clearly loves the club. But at the same time, you know, and another thing, actually, you've seen in the sensational documentary, he moved um, from where he was living to a house closer to the training ground and stuff like that. Mm. So that kind of does give me a bit of hope that maybe he will sign. But at the same time, you know, we, we can see that the, the control Son's father has over Son in his career. You know, he's put all that time and effort into him since he's a kid. And we also have to remember that he has the weight of career on his shoulders. They see him better than Park Song, but Park Song has won more than him. And they think Son is a better player. And most of the Koreans, they want Son out of Tottenham. They want him to go. They want him to go to, to a massive club where he's mm. going to win trophies. They want yeah. him out. And that's weighing on him. But not only that, why would Son stay? If Kane is going, Hugo Lloris might be going. Toby Oliver, we don't know what the situation is there. Mm. You know, why would he stay? Why would he stay? Although, yeah, okay, he's going to be the star player, but he has a hunger to win trophies. He has the desire to be the best. So, you know, unless you're going to bring in players to match his ambition and as good as him and compete with him, why would he stay? He's probably holding out to see what the Kane exactly. situation goes. Exactly. And, and it goes hand in hand with both the Kane situation. Is his, you know, partner in crime almost going to stay? It therefore, affects his performance, affects Tottenham's chances yeah. of, you know, being higher up in the league, having success with Kane. 
And he's also waiting out and seeing what fraud of a manager we get because, you know, and this is what also frustrates me even more when we talk about it in terms of Levy not reaching further into his pocket is the fact that clearly he's not had, Levy's not had success with getting pen to paper with Son. So why not get a good manager like Conte or like Pochettino? All suddenly Son's really interested in staying because there's actually some sort of ambition in this club. Now there's not because, you know, we might get, like you said, Harry Potter or Scott, whatever you want to call him. Parker. Exactly that. Like, ah, uh, should, should we move on to another subject? Because just, just one thing, just one thing to add. No, to go, that, on, Andrew, go on, Dave. Is, is as Daniel Levy, like you know, you, you heard him in his interview. Oh, I'm doing the best to protect the club. Now, if you're going to do your best to protect this club, you get in a manager like you did with Jose Mourinho after you sat Poch. You know, aka Conte, that's going to speak to Kane, it's going to massage his ego, and that's going to get him to stay. Same as Son, same as Larice, same as Alavrad. Yeah. You know, you get a manager that's going to get these guys on side and that's going to stick with them and give it another go. You get the manager in to keep your best assets at the club and protect your best assets. And we're not doing that. Like, honestly, if Fonseca came in, Kane was probably sitting there beside Greenish, like, Greenish, give me your phone for me. I need to Google this guy. Who is he? You know <laughs> what I mean? In England camp, it's a joke. It's a joke. And the thing is, like, this is what I don't understand. If, if you're Daniel Levy, you pay the money, you get the best manager possible and to keep Kane, Son, Hugo and that at the club. It's that simple. 100%. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Right, like I said, we will move on to a more... I hope it's a more happy subject, although the, the England result on Friday, yeah. I know I know, I know, know Dave didn't, um, didn't sort of mind about that one. But uh, Dave, I'm going to start off with talking about the Euros now. Have you watched any of it for start of uh, to start with? I guess you have. I guess you've watched quite a bit of it. Uh, well, look, I wasn't originally going to tune in because I thought England won it before a ball was kicked. The way they were going on, and um, you know, um, so I, I I wasn't going to watch it, you know. Um, but no, I have watched it. I have watched it. It's look, it's been a bit up and down. There's been been some pretty boring, pretty shit games, and um, there's been some pretty good teams. But my dark horses, Czech Republic, they're doing well. I said it on my preview, on my Euro preview that they were my dark horses. They're doing well. I also said that England wouldn't beat Scotland. That's come true just because it's <laughs> Scotland's cup final. You know, the Tartan Army would love nothing better to, to, to get a result off England than try and ruin their Euros, which they have kind of done. You know, mm, all the pundits and everyone else is all going into oh. meltdown, the whole lot. So I want to say a massive thank you to the Scots, uh, the Celtic brothers out there. Big yourselves up. Thanks for doing the job. Um, but no, look... <laughs> It, it, it's been good. It's it, it's been good. But, um, yeah, look, I'm just delighted. I don't think it's going to come home, unfortunately, lads, especially what I've seen against Scotland. They didn't have the bollocks. They went out there not to lose rather than going out there to win the game and make a statement on the competition. Mm. I think that's the problem. And I don't think they have the best number 10 in the world. And uh, I don't think they're utilising them enough, Harry Kane. They're not playing to his strengths. You have Sterling on one side who's constantly wanted to go in and have shots. And he's a bit greedy. You need wingers there that are going to feed Harry Kane. And um, midfielders that are going to be brave on the ball and, and get the ball to Harry Kane early. And um, they're not doing that. And I think it's, it, it could end up causing a problem. I don't know why we haven't seen Sancho. That's another one mm. I don't understand. I yeah, think that's an weird. insane decision. I think it's insane. Look, France, I thought, I thought it would do well. They've kind of uh, let me down a little bit. But um, Portugal as well. I was very surprised they got bet by Germany the other night. Mm, yeah, we very Portugal, very surprised, and they're in danger yeah. of not going out. They're in danger. They could go out, you know, if they don't get uh, if they don't beat France or get a point there, they could end up going home. Yeah, at, three at the points. Stage. So yeah. no, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. And look, I know people are going to say, "Oh, well, Ireland's not there. This, that, and the other. We're mm. there in spirit, and that's all that matters." <laughs> Spot. Um, yeah, like you said about um, sort of Portugal. Um, potentially could go out with only three points um, if they lose to France of course three points they've got to be top four out of six third place teams so three I know there's a lot of third place teams that are actually uh, um, four points or on track to get four points at the moment yeah. so you know it, like you said it could could be um, they could be in trouble we'll quickly go over your um, prediction so you said Czech Republic is your dark horse who do you fancy to win it? Um, I did say Portugal to win it, to be honest. I, I was struggling to look past Portugal. They have, a, they have such a talented squad. I do think they'll beat France, though. I do think they'll beat France. Look, the French have been disappointing. Um, I hate that Griezmann guy. He's just, a, he's just a Lego version of Gareth Bale, to be honest, isn't he? A miniature version of Gareth Bale with his little bone and stuff like that. Um, 
Lego look, Gareth Bale. Sorry, <laughs> Lego Gareth Bale. That's unreal. <laughs> but Mbappe as well. You know, he, he's been good. He's been good, but he, he's just he just hasn't been clinical, and I think that's that's the French's problem. And the kind of mm. with the players to have. Take the take the game take the game two teams. Stop sitting back and soaking up and trying to use Mbappe's pace on the counter. Take the games two teams. Mbappe's good enough to get on the ball, beat three or four players and put it in the net. So play like that. Have faith in your team. Deschamps, you could end up ruining their competition. Um, but yeah, I'm still going to stick with Portugal. I, th- I think they'll have enough. All right, we'll we'll see. We'll see on Portugal. Way. It's a, it's an interesting call after the after the four two loss to Germany. But like you said, it's only one game could could change very quickly. Joe, we'll go with your prediction. I know you've been banging on about it's coming home a bit like me, but um, but we've seen a bit of a, a sign to England on Friday that we didn't like. So um, what's your prediction? Yeah, I'm I'm on a different kind of wavelength to everyone else. Everyone was crying after the result. We, me and James watched the game together and we had a bit of an argument after the game because he was saying it's terrible, like it's the end of the world, that's it, there's no chance. I'm like, it's just not that bad. As you said, it's their cup final. It's the biggest game in Scotland for, for 25 years for us it's just you know any game when we've gone past the group stages is bigger than that you know fair play to them they did well for the draw probably could have taken the win but you know we've never won the opening euro game ever and we did if it was the other way around and we drew to croatia and then beat scotland we'd be in exactly the same position and everyone would be you know up in arms saying oh it's coming home you know doing really well the the, the thing remains if we beat Czech republic tomorrow well, I say tomorrow, we're recording this on Monday, Tuesday the 22nd, which we will, 2-0, then we're top of the group and it's fine. And France are imploding as usual. You know, they, they have a good tournament. And then, you know, they're all so fancy. And, you know, they, they argue in the camp. Deschamps, you know, always comes to blows with players. Mm. Mbappe hasn't looked his best. Him and uh, I think it's is it, um, Giroud's come to a bit, bit of blows. They just imploded. That that group is anyone's game at the moment. Hungary can have so much confidence as well playing Germany. I'm excited to see how that goes. I think one of the teams from that group will make the final. But it's coming home. I think we're going to win it. I genuinely have a feeling we're going to win it. And I'm sorry, that's not going to be very popular. James doesn't agree with me. And I know Dave, it's probably the, the last thing you want to happen. But I just have a feeling we've oh. got it. We get a bit of momentum going. All I'm going to say after all of that, right, rather than, because me, as you know, me and Joe have differing opinions on England. I, I try and stay positive, but oh. after seeing it on Friday, like Dave, I don't think it's, it's coming home. However, it's all I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is Joe has been very confident about being Czech Republic. Now, all I'm going to say is this podcast will be live after that result. Like that will be, this, this podcast is going live on the Wednesday or Thursday, you right? Know. And we could potentially have lost to Czech Republic at that point. So I'm not going to make any predictions. And I'm sure Dave thinks potentially Czech Republic could cause England some problems. So um, that's all I'm saying right now. Czech will still go through, but we'll beat him 2-0. I don't know, you know. I I don't think so. I think Czech Republic's going to cause you a bit more problems than what you think. Czech Republic are going to have no fear. They're going to have no fear going into this game. They're already going to qualify from the group. They're going to have no fear and they're going to stick it to them. Trust me. And uh, just, just, just look, I don't want to like take the air out of your tyres, but look, it's (laughs) not coming home. Southgate doesn't even know his best 11. It's ridiculous. He genuinely does not know his best 11. And, you know, you can all sit there and see Southgate, you're the one and Barmy Army and all this. At the end of the day, it's not coming home. It's not. I look, I know a lot of you are probably all queuing up. I heard uh, suit shots over there have never been so busy. Everyone's getting fitted for suits, you know, for the, for the public parade. You know, it's coming home. But it's going to be like 96 all over again. You know, even, even Phil Foden, right? you got the Gaza haircut. You yeah. know, it's a home tournament. It's going to be like 96 all over again. You're going to get to the semi-final and you're going to be knocked out. And uh, I, for one, definitely, that's when my Euros party will start. And look, it's not that I hate England, but there's nothing better than good old-fashioned Ryan freelance. <laughs> oh my goodness well um we'll, we'll certainly catch up with you uh during the knockout stages dave and, and see your opinions then maybe we'll get you on again <laughs> if it does come home you will not find me <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't come home though we, we can certainly have a chat about it at that point but um we'll move on now like we said we've got some questions for you dave that we've um thought of and you know sort of collated over over the last few days now um First of all, are you ready for them? Because there's some interesting ones coming up for your way. Fire them at me, lad. I'm always ready. I'm the Irish sensation from a secret location. 
<laughs> we'll crack on with the questions. So, anyone from the Euros in terms of player-wise um, has stood out for you and that potentially Spurs should go for? Now, I know what you're going to say in terms of Spurs won't go for them anyway with financial reasons, but who's stood out for you in the Euros in terms of, you know, standout performances? Um, I have to say I liked uh, the look of Patrick Schick from, um, from uh, Czech Republic, you know. He's uh, three goals already. He, he's looking confident. I like the look of him. Um, who else would I say? I like that guy, Goosens, that plays for Germany. Mm. Uh, I like him, I have to say. I think he'd be a very good signing for Tottenham. Atalanta and, player. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, they're the two so far for me. They'd be the two so far for me, the standouts that. I think uh, are achievable as far as when to go and get them. I think your man Goosens plays for Atlanta United. Atalanta, Atlanta yeah. United, sorry, Atalanta, Atlanta Atlanta, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I think the two of them players would be achievable to go and get. So, uh, yeah, they'd be my two. two maybe, so far, I have to maybe Dumfries as well. We've had a bit of problems with right-back situations. Dumfries from Netherlands looking really, really promising. Two goals, two assists in two games. Yeah, do you know what, actually? Do you know what I really like about Dumfries? So, on the left-hand side, you've seen this season with Regulon. He likes to get in the box. He likes to get on the end of things and make himself a nuisance. Dumfries will replicate that exactly down the right-hand side. You could potentially then switch to three centre-backs with two wing-backs yeah. and just get them to down the bombing down the wing, get them on the end of the team. And who would Very have been pacing. perfect for that? Who would have been perfect for that five at the back? Antonio yeah, Conte. Yeah, Antonio Conte. Exactly. Antonio Conte. So look, George Ringer, if you're listening, get out there, get it started. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Joe, who's your standout players from the Euros so far? Yeah, I was going to say Dumfries. So I'm happy you mentioned that. But also, uh, I know it's... It's only like one moment of magic as well. You've been linked with Sabitza for ages. And there's that one ball that you played in the first game. Just unbelievable. Mm, Coming to the yeah. back post. Just unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, uh, Shakiri's raced to stock it at uh, Liverpool. I think we've seen his goal against Turkey. Quality goals. Yeah, two yeah, really good goals. I think you've said the uh, the standout ones. You know, Schick, that goal against Scotland was unbelievable. Like, that's goal of the tournament already for me. I know the keeper was far out, but... You see the curve on that ball and still oh, how, how he took it, which is unbelievable. The header as well in the same game. Just looks like he's really stepped up. I haven't really thought that highly of him before the tournament started, but the way he's played, he's really stood up and he's been Czech's main man. So, yeah, Dumbries as well. I know that, you know, right back's a bit of a grey area for you guys, especially getting rid of Aurea if he's going mm. to PSG. Um, I'm just excited for the rest of the tournament to go on because you'll see, you know, players have been playing well now, but as it gets to the knockout stages, the leaders show up and they're the people you need in your team. I'm starting to think. Um, I'm starting to think Dave's Czech Republic. You know, got a bit of uh, relatives going on in Czech Republic. He's really bigging them up. He's loving Chick. You know, he's loving Czech Republic. What's going on there, Dave? No, look, I'm just a football man. They were just my dark horse before the tournament. I've seen them play. And um, the thing is, with Czech Republic, a lot of this squad has actually come through together. And um, you know what I mean, through all the underage and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah, uh, no, I just fancy them. And look, I could I could be proven wrong, but if they get out of the group. For me, that's good enough for a dark horse. No, you're spot on. I think they've been more impressive than Croatia. And most people would have said Croatia, but to be more impressive than them. Yeah. So the fact they held Croatia and, you know, got a nice win against Scotland 2-0 very comfortably as well. Um, I think they've been very impressive. You know, clean sheet against Scotland. When Scotland were really knocking on their door to score that game, they did really, really well. And I think they're going to give England some problems tomorrow. So when this goes out, I might be right or I might be wrong with series right or wrong, Joe. But uh, <laughs> let's hope that England can get the just, win. Just, just to have a bit of a twist on that. You know, Czech Republic might go out there with the intention to lose to take second spot because it's an easier route. Yeah, yeah true, 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 true. Okay, great answers there in terms of the uh, players for the Euro. Yeah, we can see that there's there's quite a few that uh, Tottenham won't go for, but <laughs> but there we go. Um, so in terms of the next question, now, Dave, obviously last time you came on, it was an absolute barrel of laughs in terms of, you know, Harry Winks, Harry Stinks, GPS Sanchez, as you like to call him, and... Um, you know, Moonboots Moon Dyer. Is there any more uh, nicknames in the pipeline that you may use um, that we haven't heard of yet? Because as, as you know, a lot of our followers found that very amusing. And, uh, so basically, have you got any more nicknames? You know, any names for sort of the other players, maybe Serge, Aurier, Larice, and uh, any of the others? Um, yeah, look, for Serge Aurier, I've nicknamed him Bobo the Clown. Uh, to be honest with you, really, it was one of the games there I was watching. I can't, I, I'm going to say the Leeds game. I think it was the Leeds game. I'm not sure. But he really fucked me off. And, um, you know, honestly, it was that bad of a first half performance. I was sitting there at halftime saying, look, put a clown nose on him, put a wig on him, and send him out and embarrass him and make him play the next 45 minutes. Maybe he might play a bit better. So, yeah, Serge Aurier is Bobo the clown. Um, Moussa Sissoko. Um, so, I, I was calling him Moussa Sissoko train after he scored that header against... Um, 
in the in the semi final of the Carabao Cup against Brentford. But I've recently nicknamed Moose uh, Moose Stisoko or um, Moose Slisoko because he's he just against Chelsea stopped running. He's been shit ever since. Um, end on end on is now end on end on burgers because he's he's just not fit. Or um, uh, Ronald McDonnell is what I call him either. Um, aka. Uh, Ronald McDonald. So yeah, so for me, um, and that's purely just because he's not fit. He's a professional footballer. He's paid, you know, whatever it is, 150k, 200 grand a week. You know, the minimum requirement is to be fit. He's not. Um, I've given him long enough now, two years to be fit. You know, you you look at a picture of him in a Leon jersey compared to a Tottenham jersey is complete difference. He's running his arse is following ten minutes behind him. He needs to get mm-hmm. fit. So I'm going to call him Ronald McDonald for the next while. <laughs> Um, who else? Ronald I think McDonbele. that's it. For the time being. I think that's it. For the time oh, being. That's cool. Ronald McDonbele is certainly going to be used at some point. Ronald McDonbele, unbelievable stuff. Okay, <laughs> okay, we'll crack on to the next one. So that was a more light-hearted one, as we know, but um, this one may not be. So, Dave, I know it's going to be a question of like, who do we sign? What manager do we get? But at this current moment in time, where do you think Tottenham are going to finish next season? Oh. Right now, I'll be honest. I fear if we don't, if we don't get the right manager and we don't rotate this squad, I fear it's going to be a, a, a lower half of the table. I really do. And the reason why I say that is, look, Aston Villa are going to spend. Leicester improving. Leeds will throw a bit more money at this season. Everything will as well with a new manager coming in that. Um, so look, a lot of the teams in and around us this season, West Ham might be surprised if they don't push mm. on. Um, so a lot of times in teams in and around us, they're going to push on. Um, so that's my fear. If we do get the manager sorted out and we can rotate the squad, yeah, I, I, I think we could be back on for a top four, uh, top four finish if, if if we do the right thing. If we don't, lower half the the league. When you say lower half the league, do you literally mean like eleventh, twelfth, or do you mean sort of ninth, tenth, eighth? No, no, like 11, 12, maybe 13 in around there. Wow. Because okay. the reason why is like we, we've built a culture at this club where the players stop playing for Pochettino, they managed to get him out of the club. Um, you know, they've done the same for Jose Marino when we were top of the league to stop performing, managed to get him out of the club. And the reason why is because a lot of these we've accumulated a lot of players that are not good enough to be here. Once they leave Tottenham, they're not going to get as high wages as they're on. Mm. And then, uh, you know, their life is only going to de- decline from here on out. The likes of Moon Boots, the likes of Winks, um, you know what I mean? Uh, players like that. Um, so it's it's no coincidence that a lot of them band together, start becoming negative eggs in the dressing room, get the majority on board, and then get the manager out. We have we have player power at Tottenham, and we need to break that cycle. We need to get rid of the bag of them, them sort of players. And we know who they are. They're just the players that are not good enough to be here, that are just clinging on to Tottenham mm. Hotspur. And as much as he's... You know, he's come through the ranks and everything else. Harry Winks, he's one of them. I don't care. You know, he was sitting there in the press. Oh, um, yeah, you know, I went um, I went knocking on Jose Mourinho's, um, Mourinho's door for, um, because I want to play because I want to get into the Euros. Not, oh, I went knocking on Jose Mourinho's door and saying, well, I can add this to the team. I can do that to the team. Uh, it's all about uh, him. Play for Tottenham Hotspur and I think I can improve what's going on on the pitch. And it, it, it's mindsets like that. You know, you have, you have um, oh, yeah, another nickname for a player, Deli Marley. Um, that's Deli Ali, you know, with his new haircut. You see him running 10 minutes later. You see the zookeepers running after him with a bucket trying to catch the spider on his head. Um, you know, so, yeah, look <laughs> with Deli Ali, I say going into this season, you know, he'd be a player that um, if he doesn't do it this season, I'd sell him. Because the thing at Tottenham, we, we give these players too much time. You know, we always make excuses for them. Always wash machine broke last night. You know, he, he's not right in the head. He's thinking about how his wife's going to wash the clothes and stuff. You know, it's affected his performance today. It's a joke. We're always constantly making excuses for these guys. Mm. Constantly, you know, always had a bad season. But we're, next season, you know, Harry Wink's prime example. He comes on, he plays one good game this season. I think, can't even remember what it was, but he played one good game. And everyone's like, oh, maybe we can use him in this position, use him in that position. At Tottenham Hotspur, we need to... Act like a big clubs. We need to get that mentality. If a player doesn't work out within a year or two, you ship them out and you bring in the next guy and hopefully he's going to grab his chance. And we need to do that. And if we don't do that, that's why I predict the lower half um, league finish. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I know it could change depending on what manager we get, but even the managers that would have made us a top four club, I think have gone now. I think we're going to be finishing 
no better than this season for, for me anyway. And um, Joe, what's your opinion on that as well? There's so many uncertainties. It's hard to make a prediction. You haven't got a manager. You don't know who's staying, who's going, if anyone's going to come in, the intention. There's so many things that could change the number. It's so hard to say. As, as you were saying right now, I mean, right now you've got, is Mason still interim for now? I don't even know. Like, is, is it just oh, vacant? No. Is it just completely no, vacant? We've got no manager for 60-something days. It's ridiculous. Well, the squad's incomplete. <sighs> yeah, I 10th, I reckon. If it was right now, you'd play there. I think you'd get 10th just because you'd get over the line in some games. But I don't think you'd get any higher than that. Yeah, I, compl- I, completely ag- I completely agree. And sorry to rustle some feathers, even if you get a decent manager in and turn it around, I don't think you're getting near the top four this the next season either. Like, it would take another season at least. I think you'd get sixth, maybe highest, if you sort it out now. But I don't mm. think you're getting top four. See, Joseph, you're lucky today because, look, usually I wouldn't let a Liverpool fan get away with talking about my club like this. But honestly, there's no positivities. I can't defend it. So um, you get a free pass this time. <laughs> Just, <yeah. laughs> oh, spot on. Um, so um, the last question I had personally was what manager do you want with the nothing options that are left? I mean, I'm guessing you're going to say like a Ten Hag or someone like that, but um, you know, you know, answer the question in terms of realistically, who who do you think um, we've got left that you'd want? Arnie the Dinosaur, um, you know, Doherty Explorer, you know, honestly, I'd, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even think Ten Hag will work out at Tottenham, to be honest with you. Yeah, like, you know, IX managers have come to Tottenham before and it hasn't worked out. Um, your man, um, what's his name, Philip Cuckoo, whatever, you know, Palace tried to come in, replicate the way that they were playing. I think it was him. I'm not sure. And, um, you know, he, he was gone within two months. Oh, I know you mean the boar, yeah. Sorry. I'm... Yeah, the boar, that's the one, the boar. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he he went to Palace. He was gone within two months. He tried to change the philosophy and stuff at, um, at Palace, replicate what they have at Ajax. And it just doesn't work out. You didn't have the players. And, and to ask... Eric Ten Hag to come in with this group of players, and if you're not going to give him massive funds to improve the squad, it's going to be hard. We, like the thing is, we need to understand we do not have the players to play football. They, literally, some of these players fail to do the basics. We're so, genuinely, we're genuinely not even better than Ajax at the moment in terms of player player front. I think Ajax have got no. some better players than us. The thing is with Ajax, their academy, it's the same. They play the same way from under fucking trees all the way up to the senior team. Right, they yeah. play the exact same way. Tottenham, we don't do that in the academy. And like we have players now that we're left with that. We have great attacking players who, who can make stuff happen on their day. The likes of Lucas, he's very skillful on his day. He, yeah. Again, his end product isn't the greatest. Um, Ronald McDonbley, you know, if he got his ass in gear, he, he, he could be special. And then you have Kane's son. But then we also have, you know, bad midfielders and bad defenders who cannot get the ball to. So it's a mismatch. Mm. Like people want us, like people want this idea of, oh yeah, let's bring in a manager that's going to play out from the back. Can't do it. We don't have the players to do it. Eric Dyer will panic. You'll either play a stupid pass or else he'll just balloon it into the river ends and call the emergency services to go and fish it out. You know, you have Harry Winksu in the middle. Honestly, I would love to play against him week in, week out. I'll just backhander him, say, give me that ball. Thank you very much. Because he's not fighting him. He has no mm. fight in him. You just pick Harry Winks' pocket every single time. You go back and watch the Bayern 7-2 game. They've targeted Harry Winks. They just picked him mm. every single time. Um, who else? Even if you put in Musa Stisoko in there, right? You know, again, he's like a he's like kicking a ball off a concrete wall. You kick it to him and it just bounces off him. You know, he, he's no composure on the ball. He's no composure. He's as much, much composure as me in a McDonald's queue waiting to get a big man. Which is zero, by the way. It's zero, right? I get sweaty. I can't wait for. It. I get excited. I think of the melting cheese and everything. You know, you know, Sissoko. He's no composure. Um, you know, right back situation. It's an awful mess. Matt Doherty, no composure on the football. Sarah Jarrier, the guy. Honestly, just why is he not taking conversions for a rugby team? He puts in a cross <laughs> and it goes into the stand. Right? He he's a joke of a fullback. Right? You know. And this is the problem. We don't have the players to play out from the back. We we just don't. So unless we're going to rectify that in the market, we should have kept Jose Mourinho. We should have uh, kept Jose Mourinho unless yeah, we're going to rectify yeah. that in the market. Um, I don't know where to go from here. I'm genuinely at a loss. The only thing I can think of is maybe Zidane. He's a free agent. 
maybe you might be able to get him in. I know a lot of people are, you know, don't want Zidane at all. But look, you know, he, he's won three Champions Leagues back uh, on the trot. He can't be that bad. He can't mm. be that bad. Um, what about um, what about um, what about Gareth Southgate? Oh no, no, Jesus, no! He's such a brown nose. Honestly, he's the biggest brown noser in football history, right? He is. You know, he, he, he says all the right things. You know, he looks good with his little waistcoat. He has his song, Southgate, you're the one, and all this sort of crap, right? And he says all the good, like, you know, Mr. Soundbites is what I call him. Everything he says is smooth. And, but then you look at his team. He's some of the best talent available to him. Some of the most raw talent. He has players there the likes of Drew Bellingham. Unbelievable. He's box to box. Anytime I see the guy play, I've watched him play in friendlies. He's just a nuisance. You need players like that in there. Sancho, you have players that are going to be raw and not afraid at this Euros. Play them. They're better than some of the players you have there. You know what I mean? Play them. And for me, he doesn't know his best 11. I do not want this guy at Tottenham Hotspur because it's exactly what Levy wants. He can stick his hand up his ass and move his mouth like a puppet and get him to say exactly what Levy wants to law, uh, wants to say. He just told, he's missed the total line. I do not want him. I cannot stress this enough. I do not want him. There you go. <laughs> That's the answer to that. Uh, I feel like we need to put that one on social media in some kind of sound clip, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I run oh, a key with a sound bite. Over, lad. <laughs> the, the whole country be a meltdown, lad. <laughs> it's just the thing is, I've seen like after the Euros, Southgate is a is a link, and um, obviously, if England don't do well, then then obviously leave you a bit. Oh, Southgate's available, but um, it's going to happen in terms of it's going to be a link after the Euros if we haven't sorted our manager by then. I'm telling yeah, you, yeah, we'll now. get Southgate in and leave you be doing what the, the likes of AFTV. You know, man, Robbie done for party where they done that stupid dance and stuff, you know, to announce his signing. Daniel Lee would be there on the microphone at karaoke giving, you know, oh, you know, the press would be there, he'd pick them all up, he'd come out in karaoke and he'd be singing like Southgate, you're the one. You know what I mean? Ridiculous, ridiculous. You can see it coming now. Another social media stunt. I do not want that guy anywhere near my football club. I think that's very clear, Dave. We're not going to talk about Southgate anymore because I know it's boiling your blood. But um, it was an entertaining listen. So I'm all, I'm out of questions in terms of my ones. I know Joe's got a couple of questions, so yeah. I'm going to hand over to him now. No more mention of Southgate, so don't worry about that. But speaking on the England squad, what are your thoughts on Grealish and Rice as an Irishman? Obviously, they played for you in the ranks and they switched allegiance. I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on that. You know how it is in the country and all the rest of it. Grealish is a perfect one because it can tie this into Tottenham as well. Brilliant. Right. So when the guy was 16, everyone knew in the Irish ranks, this guy is going to be the next big team. Right? He used to play for the under, uh, Ireland underage shell. Now, when he was 16 and we were going through the real big rebuild we have, I don't care. You cap, you cap the players. I don't care. You just bring them in, cap them young, and get them in an Ireland jersey. We failed to do so. We failed to do so. We didn't give him his chance. And then by the time we were ready to give him his chance, he should have been in the squad three, four years before we even were ready to give him a chance. Then next thing, England came calling because, look, Jack Grealish is a fantastic player. He's the most foul player in the Premier League because he's the most, he's the player that plays forward the most. He's constantly driving at people with the ball, constantly trying to play forward passes, trying to beat people. He's brilliant. So for me, I, it, it's a big disappointment that Ireland didn't cap him. Again, Tottenham, we were arguing over what was it, five, ten million. Mm. Honestly, all Daniel Levy had to do was ring me up and say, David, is he good? I could have said, look, get this guy in. You know, he's, he's a player, he's he's just going to be class. You can tell he's going to be class, right? Look at how low his socks are. You know, that reminds me, I think it was Muller when he burst on the scene with Germany. Yeah. Low socks, just elegant, elegant footballer. You know, he, he's a blast from the past, Jack Grealish. He's one of these players, he's not afraid. You get players now that are scared on the ball. They'd rather um, uh, re revoke responsibility and just pass it sideways and give it to someone else to do something with it. Jack Grealish doesn't give a shit. He gets on the ball. He drives up players and he's constantly playing forward. Declan Rice, look, we brought him in and played him in a, in, in a couple of friendlies. And uh, I genuinely thought, brilliant, we'd be able to get him in. You know, he's, he's, that, he's that player in midfield we need that can win the ball. And, you know, he, 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 again, he's a, he's a composed lad. But look, he done the dirty on us, didn't he? We went to cap him and then all of a sudden, again, England came calling. But I don't, you don't blame England, in a way. You don't, you, you don't blame them. Like, look, over the years, we've capped a lot of um, players, you know, that were English. And uh, we've actually, been, like, you know, 86, uh, Stuttgart 86, I think it was, you know, where we bet England and a lot of the players were English. 
You yeah. know what I mean? So I don't blame them. They don't want to let any of that happen again. And um, look, why we're down and we're down in the dumps with, with not so many good players. I suppose they're going to keep us down, aren't they? They're going to, you know, they're going to, they're not going to let us catch some of their best under twenty, under twenty-one players uh, or some of the best dude. players, are they? That's spot on. Like I say, good old-fashioned rivalry. Yeah. They don't want us to come back. And um, finally, on on that front as well, I know obviously you're not the biggest lover of England. You definitely don't think it's coming home. If I could go into a future realm and say to you, Harry Kane will stay if England win the Euros, would you take it? I would, because I'll be honest with you right now, with, with how bad Ireland are, I'm in love with Tottenham more than, more than the Irish national uh, football team. Um, and look, Tottenham was almost, always my first love. Before, before international football came along, I was a Tottenham fan. And um, look, I love this club more than anything in the world. I know people can call me sad, but um, this is my everything, this football club. You know, I wake up, um, the first thing I do is look, at, look for Tottenham news. Uh, I've even uh, got my own YouTube channel, um, which I never thought would happen doing Tottenham content. Um, and for me, it's it, it's everything. It's everything. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I, I would. I'm not going to say it, but, yeah, what you said, the answer is yes. <laughs> there you go. Passionate man. Fair enough. It takes balls to admit that, I think. <laughs> I'm going to get caned. You know, I'm going to get caned over this side of the pond, but I, I'm honest. That's one thing. I'm honest. I, I love Tottenham. And like I said, it's, it's my only love in life. And um, yeah, without Tottenham, I'd be lost soul. I'd be lost soul. So um, yeah, no, I have to admit it would be Tottenham. Keep uh, keep going. Okay. Is that is that all your questions, Joe? Yeah, yeah, I was just that was the main ones. I just wanted to get the Greenish and Rice one in there. <laughs> Cheeky boy. Anyway, um, we're talking about Kane. We've been talking about Kane at the end there. Um it's been official now, as we've been on this podcast, officially Manchester City have bid £100 million for Harry Kane as an open bid in terms of an initial bid, starting bid. Um, and there's been talks in the um, in the press and um, various um, journalists have said that there's an option for players as well. The likes of Laporte, Sterling and Gabriel Jesus have been talked about. Now, I'm going to get you guys to obviously um, state your opinions on this. But um, in terms of obviously... You know, all the big all the big news companies, Sky Sports have now officially said it. Fabrizio Romano initially said it. 100 million has officially been bid for Harry Kane. Now, obviously, we saw this coming. It was always going to happen. They're always going to try their luck this year. Dave, is 100 million enough for you? Or, or do you think it needs to be at least, you know, 50 mil more than that? Um, to be honest with you, um, if we do sell, I want the 150 million upwards. Um, even 150 million, I'd still be a bit dubious. I'd want 200 million. Look, he's the best number 10 in, in, in world football. You know, okay, you have Haaland up and coming. But, you know, if for me, look at his goals and assists. Best player in the Premier League in a struggling top team. Right? Now he goes to City. He's going to bag 40 goals a season. Easy. Mm. Easy. Honestly, they're just going to serve him up the ball on the plate. And uh, if uh, every, every football fan can see it coming. For them. So for that alone, um, I, I would be charged. I would want two hundred million. To be honest with you, what I really want to happen is I want Daniel Levy to price him out of the market. The Kane situation is in our hands. We've three he's three years left in his contract. You could just turn around and say no. And the reason why I say this is because Harry Kane's not the sort of character that's going to down tools. I can see him coming back next season, proving a point, having an even better system uh, season than he did last season, dragging Tottenham to to more um, than what we had last season, and. Um, Make basically making it hard for teams not to come in and try and take money from Tottenham next summer. So for me, I'll definitely keep him for a season. And within that season, it gives us a chance to turn his head, show him we are going on the right path. We're getting the right manager and getting the right players in. It gives us a season to maybe him thinking, mm, we're on to something here. But off the back of um, that, Dave, that's obviously the ideal situation. I completely agree with you. I think that's what we should do. However, do you think realistically we are going to go into the right direction? We are going to recruit the right manager. We are going to buy the right players in terms of, like you said, the PR stunt with Levy earlier. He's clearly not going to invest a lot of money this summer. He said that. He said we've got brick and mortar. He said we've got stadiums to pay for. We've got a lot of debt, millions of pounds, millions and millions of pounds. Do you think, honestly, we're going to go in the right direction within the next 12 months? Not only is it millions of pounds, it's long-term debt. So it's going to be generational debt, um, which is actually very, very concerning uh, from a Tottenham point of view. We should we, we need to start looking into that a bit more because he can sell Tottenham, but that debt is still all going to be on Tottenham once they go. So we have to, we have to look into that a lot more and really see 
what the long-term future of this club does hold, because that's concerning. But look, do I think do I think he, he's going to do the right thing? Me personally, no, I really don't. I do think he's like look for me. I I think if we sold the the, the stadium naming rights, that would have funded this summer. We didn't do it, uh, even though we brought in somebody to do that. Actually, by the way, a couple of months ago, we still haven't done it. So for me, I think this is the next best option for Daniel Lee to try and get the money to rebuild. But as I said, this money's not going for a rebuild. It's not going to a rebuild. Um, it's it, it's just it's just going to replace what what Harry Kane what 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 Harry Kane's left behind goals and assists. Um, but look, this is it. Look, this is all on Daniel Levy. This right here, where everything has come to a head. There's a bid for Harry Kane on the table. There's potentially he could be gone. We've no manager. We've a shit squad. We've long-term debt, and we've no direction. This is where it's all come to bed. And it's up to Daniel Levy now to um, start putting the flames out, isn't it? You know, start putting the flames out, start not to City, get in the right manager, you know, get Daddy Daddy Lewis off, off, off the massage bed over in the Bahamas, get him over here, get him to open the checkbook. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that's what he has to do. He constantly said we need to be prudent and um, on protecting the club. He said that in his interview. Start being prudent. Instead of you know, take your head out of out of the accountancy books and get your you know get your football brain on. Because with the accountancy books, right, he's a trained accountant, right? He's accountant all his life. You're trained never to go against the numbers. You're trained to ignore all the surrounding noise. Everything has numbers do not lie to you. As an accountant, that's your Bible. Don't go against the numbers. But in football, it's about risks. You have to take the risks. Sometimes you have to ignore what's what the numbers and go out and get the players in. A prime example of that is the Crystal Palace documentary on Amazon. They would never got promoted to the Premier League if um, who did they have in that time? Uh, Dougie Friedman. Mm. Um, he, he went to um, uh, your man Parish, Simon Parish, or whatever his name is, mm. and asked him for extra money to get these few players in. We're going to have a magnificent se- season. He didn't want to do it. He was dead against it. He was. We want to be self-sustainable. This, that, and the other. But when he done it. He took the risk and he got the reward at the end of the season. Promotion. You know, in the playoff final, uh, most expensive game in in, in, um, in football history. The most uh, reward. 180 million or something. 180 million yeah. pound winnings, yeah. So the thing is, you know, you he has to take his head out of the books, ignore some of the numbers and, and go and rebuild this club. They have to do it. If they sell Harry Kane... I'm sorry, but they're not doing what's in the best interest of this football club. And I know you're going to have the fans out there. Oh, we sold this player. We sold Garrett Bale. We sold Modric. We can survive. You know what I mean? Players come and go. But this is different. We've never done it at a time when we have so many positions in the squad that needs filling. We have so much long-term debt hanging over our head. Mm. And we have no manager. This is different this time. We need to keep Kane. And that's why we didn't build a stadium in the training complex to be selling Kane. We build them to keep our best players and bring 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 players in that matches their ability and gets up to their level. So look, this is this everything has come to a head for Daniel Levy, and we're really going to see how much he really cares about Tottenham. Um, after all this plays out and unfolds, spot on. Couldn't agree much more. Yeah, we just got to wait and see what happens. Unfortunately, we can go to these protests, we can do what we, as much as the fans can do it. But at the end of the day. It's it's all down to Levy whether whether Kane goes what what bid they accept and if they do accept one or whether they basically say you know you've got to stay till your contract and and not accept the bids. So at the end of the day, Levy Levy's got the power, unfortunately, not us. So we just got to wait and see, I guess. Joe, Joe, you can answer as well. Go on, Joe. In terms of uh, the Kane situation, I'm I'm sure you have something to say. Yeah, it's, as Dave said it's going to really show Levy Nick's intentions, all the rest of it. I think. Um... It's gonna be it's gonna be like the Bale saga or whatever again. I remember every day, every week for that whole window, it was just back and forth, back and forth. It's gonna be draining for everyone. So I can't wait to watch all of that unfold. But you're going toe to toe against one of the richest clubs in the world. So in terms of being stubborn and holding out for more, it's gonna to get to a point where the bid's gonna be extremely high. I think players are gonna be offered, and it's just whether you take it or not. I think for Tottenham's best interest, if you let him go, obviously it's it's dumb, it's suicidal, it's stupid. You're already in turmoil anyway. Um, so you you know you've got rid of one of the best managers in the world. You're getting rid of the one one of the best players in the world. You've got you know the second best player in your team that hasn't signed a contract yet. All the viral Lloris, as we mentioned earlier, could be an absolute like 
just a, a clear out of everyone and no one's going to want to join because there's no no intention there's no no desire there's no you know nothing so they have to keep hold of him for Kane's best interest obviously he has to go elsewhere at the moment and I don't really blame him and I don't think any Tottenham fan blames him but you have to hold on to him and it's a case of you can get a certain amount of money in that will justify that will help you rebuild but every club in the world will then know you have the money that you'll need the players everyone's going to cost a lot more money and in today's market you know players singularly can't really push more than 200 250 million now but average average players now players that wouldn't have cost a lot before are getting charged for 40 million now like it's it's not going to go that far and especially when you've got all all the other things to, to factor in it's it's going to be stalemate, and I completely agree with what Dave said as well. Kane, even though he wants to leave, I think, and he's expressed that, he's not going to be one that, like Dimitri Payet, that just kind of implodes. He's not going to be a Carlos Tevez that jets off back to Argentina. He, he loves the team. He'll do his best. He'll kick on, and then we'll see what goes from there. But I'd be surprised if they hold on to him. I do think he'll go. I think they'll accept it at a certain price. I think they have a limit in mind and potential players in mind, but... It's going to be an interesting saga. It's definitely going to go on till right at the end, which could also be damaging. If you leave it till right at the end of the window, getting as much money as you can, you leave no no time to get anyone else in. So I've just got no idea how it's going to play out, but it's going to be certainly interesting for sure from my point of view. I'm sorry for from a neutral's point of view, it's going to be interesting to watch because, you know, you guys, it's, it's horrible. But I've been there as well in the past. Fernando Torres, for example. Coutinho as well. Yeah, we replaced him with Alisson and Van Dijk. That's one of the best moves ever, I think. And maybe we can do something similar, or probably not. So, um, no, I think James, that... do not fall into that trap. Do not fall <laughs> into it. Don't, don't. Honestly, don't. I don't want to hear people coming out and saying, "Oh, we can do what Liverpool done." It's all Coutinho, you know, and club this and club that. I don't want to fall into that trap because we're Tottenham Hotspur. We do, we do everything everyone else doesn't. You know, um, we're the first club to not let Jose Mourinho win a cup of Tottenham. The only club he, he's gone to where he hasn't won something. We're the first to do a lot of things. So, um, yeah, don't, just don't fall into that trap, please. Spot on, yeah. No, I even said it. As I said it, I, I looked at what you, your reaction. I said, or oh, probably not, you know, probably not. It's going to happen with Tottenham. We're not going to replicate what Liverpool did because at the end of the day, we've still got these stagnant players that have been there absolutely years. We haven't made any moves in the transfer market, really, realistically, for the last few seasons. So nothing's probably going to change, even if we sell Kane or not. So um, there we go. That's it. That's the Tottenham merry-go-round. And that's your Tottenham Spurs-related podcast for another week. Dave, absolute pleasure to have you on again, my friend. Anytime, you're welcome back on. And obviously, we'd love to get you back on for the Kane saga at some point to talk about the ongoings of that. So, like I said, thanks again, my man. And I'm sure Joe agrees as well. Love doing it when you come on. It's so much fun. It's great. It's more of a relaxed and a serious debate. It's just funny. No, no, look, thanks very much for having me, lads. It's a pleasure. And I'll always have time for you guys. You know, anytime you need me, just hit me up when I'm on. And I'm definitely down to... um on and have a conversation with the whole Kane saga whenever you need me. Honestly, everybody that has tuned in, please make sure you do smash and subscribe on this channel. The boys are absolutely brilliant. It's a riot anytime I come on. It's a good laugh. It's so relaxed. And it's a great, great channel as well. Make sure you follow them on Twitter as well. Constantly putting out the latest Spurs news on there and everything else. Two great lads. A great, great podcast. I totally enjoy it. So uh, make sure you do subscribe and up the Harris Army. (laughs) of the Harris Army top man it's well said and of course if you're not already subscribed guys obviously go and check out the Irish Hotspur Ireland's number one Spurs fan Ireland's what's the new saying come on remind us again so it's Ireland's number one Spurs fan Ireland's only answer to Harry Kane and it's the Irish sensation rocking it from a secret location (laughs) <laughs> spot on guys so everyone the links will be down in the description go check out dave's socials and of course dave's youtube make sure you you know go and check out his um, youtube channel maybe even get yourself a membership over there guys and and throw in the super chats because you can do those features over on that channel so great stuff all around and guys you've been listening and watching the spurs related podcast over on youtube spotify and apple pods and we'll see you next time all the best take care bye-bye come on you spurs <laughs>